0: Hey guys, you're listening to the Ryan Gillen team podcast. I'm Jordan
1: and I'm Ryan Gillen.
0: I'm Andrea Rocky. And today we're going to talk about flipping homes and the four topics to help you, one, understand the numbers when you're flipping a home, how to save on materials, hiring the right contractors to flip the home, and then listing the home and how to take the emotion out of it when you go to sell. So Ryan flips a lot of homes, so he's going to get into this a little bit. Um, But Ryan, so understanding the numbers, how do you tell us how you do that?
1: Yeah, um, jumping right into it. So just a quick um, about me is uh, I'll flip anywhere between 12 and 15 homes a year. Um, My father flips quite a few homes as well. My brother does as well. So um, I'm around it a lot. And we, we talk about the numbers. And it's just very important to not get emotional when you're buying the home. You've got to really take the, just because you really like the home, you like the area, you got to take the emotions out of play and and really dive deep into the numbers. The emotion part is later because you might feel the deal Mm -hmm. and say, man, I just know this is going to sell for a lot more. And, you know, sometimes you have to go with your gut. But when you're running the numbers, say you find this house and you're deciding, is this the perfect house to do a flip on? You definitely want to look at the area. You want to look at the surrounding homes, and but you you've got to when you dive into the numbers, you you've got to look at the big ticket items, the ones that are going to cost you a lot, because every home is going to need painted, every home is going to need appliances, every home is going to need uh, flooring, so those are just guarantees. But what's not a guarantee is the roof, the HVAC. Um, water heater, um, any kind of, you know, just super, just really just a big ticket item, maybe a foundation problem or, or whatnot, you got to really take into that account. And then when you do get these numbers, um, you know, I have a list of items that I go through. And uh, when you do get these numbers, my golden rule is I add 20% on what I think it's going to cost. So Jordan, if I would get um. Let's just say $20,000 worth of repairs. I think this house is going to cost $20,000 to fix. I'll instantly bump that up to $24,000. So I'll just put an MISC, a miscellaneous number, and add $4,000. What this does is protect me in the long run. So I don't want to get to the point where I under – like very rarely do you estimate 20 and it comes in at 16. Like if it does, then great, cool. I just made um, four grand more you know, more often than not, the couple things cost you a few extra dollars and you end up going over on that budget. Things arise, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you might have a plumbing issue. You might have an electrical issue. You might have to uh, replace a few things that you didn't know. Very rarely does it go the other way. You don't like just happen (laughs) to open a drawer and find a gold bar or anything (laughs) like that. Like you don't just happen to get less money. So, right.
0: um, So when it, let's, let's backtrack a little bit when it comes to, when you said understanding these numbers and essentially getting these numbers at the beginning, what all do you do? How many inspections do you have, things like that to arrive at these numbers? Yeah. Obviously you have a full home inspection, but what yeah. else do you do to get
1: these things that you know you're gonna have to do? It's it's pretty raw for me because I've done this so much that I, I understand the the idea of like what each thing's gonna cost. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do this a lot, maybe this is your first time, you're gonna have to dive into it a little bit further. So I was I have my notebook right here that I bring with me, and, um, you know, you might have to call a couple contractors, maybe have a contractor walk through you, but for this one it says roof, drywall repairs, painting the interior, painting the exterior, water heater, plumbing, four bathrooms, the kitchen, opening up this one wall and adding electrical, um, lawn care, trashing it out, the floors, miscellaneous item, I have $5,000 on this one, Um, electric box, and a garage door. So I have all these items in here.
0: And you have someone come look at all
1: of those things well, to figure out a number or? Well, I don't anymore. You don't, but, but did you at the beginning? Oh, 100%. Okay. So, and then like I've had times where if I'm stumped a little bit, I'll have my contractors come over and say, and check my numbers. And then even at the end, I throw 20% on top of that. So after you get your numbers, say you buy the house for $100,000 and you're gonna put 20 five thousand dollars in it the way you get how much you can offer on the home is you work backwards so say the house is list or say you think the house is going to be worth you know two hundred thousand dollars when you're done flipping it it's going to be you're going to sell it for 200 grand Like that's what i think then you take a buffer and you say okay i'm going to sell it for 190 just to be safe you'll want to be safe on this this whole thing because if you end up selling it for 190 instead of 200 you don't want to no one wants to just sit around and do this and make no money. No. There's there's no point to do this. Like <laughs> we're all in this to make money. So now you're at 190 and you say I'm going to have to put 25,000 in it. But then you're like, okay, I have to add 20% to that number, so that's about 30 grand. So now you're down to 160. Okay? And my golden rule is I really like don't I want to make $20,000 on this. Mm-hmm. $20,000 you know, can turn into twenty five, but also can turn into five. I just talked to you about mm-hmm. doing a deal right now where the basement flooded. Mm-hmm. I had to rip out everything in the basement. I had to waterproof it. We're going to be in for like twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars more than I thought. So you okay. really do need that buffer. I need that buffer. <laughs> I added, five, you know, twenty percent more, and I I thought less of what I'm going to be able to sell it for. I'm still going to be okay on this house. I might make very little money on it, but I'm not going to lose. Yeah. And it's because I added these buffers in. So. For that example, one ninety on the on the sales price of the house, thirty thousand dollars when it repairs, and I, wanna, I want to I want to I want to make twenty grand, or maybe even twenty five thousand. Let's just say twenty on this one, so that puts you at one uh, one forty, mm-hmm. okay. But then you also got to remember, you've got holding costs, you've got interest, you've got paying another realtor for selling and stuff like that. So realistically, buying this house, you probably can buy it for about one thirty five. So that's a sixty-five thousand, you know, sixty-five thousand dollars gap towards what you think you can sell it for, but you're probably about about one thirty-five to be able to sell it. So you want to be able to work backwards on your costs. Don't don't go from okay, I can, I need to spite at this because of this and work your way up. It's just way easier to work backwards. Yeah. So knowing your numbers, and then once you get your number, then you're then you're good to go. And then you can figure out, you know, you know, obviously try to get it for less than one thirty-five, but that's your that's your max. And don't go over it. Don't end up buying it for 145 because you love the house. What's going to happen is you're going to get caught. Because if I would have went up an extra 10 on Hobart, I'd have lost five grand. It's a lot of work to. You're basically paying to fix someone else's house up. So, which is not very fun.
0: No. So once you have those numbers, you understand what you're going to do. You know what you need to fix you're obviously going to get your materials. Um, I know you personally shop at a couple different places. Do you have any tips or hacks of things that you do to save money um, on the materials? Any deals that you know are out there?
1: Pretty simple way to save money. Um, You know, Menard's has their 11% discount, but it's sporadic. So you really don't know when it's going to come. And then you have to send it in and then they give you a little gift card back, which is fine, but you know, it's not just direct money off your uh, account. So Lowe's has a pro services account. So you can go in, you can open a credit card up with Lowe's at their pro services desk for like a, for your LLC. And you get instantly 5% off with the credit card, but then they'll give you anywhere from five to 10% off on material as well. So you're saving 15% right there. I mean, over the year, just take easy. Numbers. If you do a couple flips and you have a hundred thousand dollars in material, I mean, you're saving fifteen grand mm-hmm. yeah, over it. I mean, that's a that's a ton of money. I mean, that's like doing another flip, exactly. essentially. So if you, I mean, you did four flips, that's like doing almost five. Mm-hmm. And just from the savings from that alone, um, I think people try to spruce the homes up a little bit more than they realize that they need. You know, if it's a hundred fifty thousand dollar home the Lowe's cabinets right off the rack back there, they're called Arcadia. They're like Arcadia white cabinets. Mm-hmm. Those are fine. Yeah. They look nice. They're fine quality. People kind of get too overboard when it comes to like cabinets and, a, you know, a few other things where like people don't want, they are they, they do want it, but they, they don't care if it's like the, you know, most prestige custom cabinets. They just want new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't want it all beat up and everything. They just want nice, fresh items. So, you know, trying to... Um, trying to find that discount at a, a store. I think Home Depot doesn't really have that big of a discount. Um, Menards, if you open the credit card, it's only two percent. So for what I found is Lowe's has had the the best deals. The best the best deals by by far, and and, and I feel like that's a quick and easy way to save money. Um, and then you're also just going to save money and you know, understanding your material and what you can and cannot use, making deals with other uh, companies like we use Innovative Flooring. Uh, We have a certain carpet that we use almost in all of our flips. It's very nice, but they carry a ton of it. And um, so we try to do that. I know like uh, Menards has the best lighting department and it actually is a little bit cheaper than Lowe's even with that discount. So I go to Menards and get my lights. Um, I like their vanities at Menards as well. Um, So I try to time some things up. But for the for the most part, I mean, you're able to uh, um, you're able to save at these places. Just you know, use use the stuff off the rack. It yeah. doesn't. Um, it, it you don't need to go and, and get custom everything.
0: And now, you personally, you do quite a few flips. But back when you started, and you didn't do as many. I mean, there might be people listening that do several. There might be people that want to just do one. But do you ever buy things in bulk? Like if you're like, hey, I know I'm going to be doing this house and this house in a couple months, and these for example, I don't know, like a a sink is on sale. Like, do you buy multiple or you just buy we, one?
1: Oh, that's a great question. We almost started doing that, but what happens is you really don't know how much you're going to use. So if you use a certain amount of square footage and you, you use, you know, four or five restrooms and you don't want to have stuff left over, I have to go buy and buy more. It's really it's easier just to buy per, what you need per property and what you buy in that one might not flow in the next one out. right we're not really painting these all the same color with all the same uh, cabinets and countertops and flooring usually all our bathrooms are we have an idea of what we want to do with each one Mm -hmm. but they end up being different with Mm -hmm. like tile because we're taking what the house looks like and the flow of the house and pairing that up with what we're designing you don't have to do just the standard slap on the paint slap on a few things like like, have fun with it still, mm-hmm. but don't go and buy the marble tile. Like, pivot over and get this the normal tile, right. and you can get the stuff for under $3 a square foot instead of $13 a square foot. And, you know, there's definitely ways to, you know, keep those keep those prices down.
0: Right. So it's best to just buy for what you need at the time and not look forward. Because I know, like, I like a good deal. So if I have something I want to get, like, I don't know, a shirt or whatever, and it's like on sale, I'm like, well, I'll just get three of these because it's on sale now. So it's not really the same. You don't need to plan ahead when it comes to to, this. Just buy
1: what you need. Then you'd have to store it. Right. And it's just hard to find that good of deals. Like, we're buying, like, say you bought 10 toilets at a time. Like, really, is that a big deal for a huge Lowe's? Like, that's not a big deal. You'd have to buy a hundred of them. Right, to get, get any an significant thing. Yeah, so that for us, sense. yeah, you're just looking for the, the, the right now deal.
0: Got it. So once you have all of your materials and everything and you're ready to move forward, I know you have some contractors that you use um, almost every time that you love, but how do you find the right contractors? I know they're, good ones are few and far between, so it's tough to find good ones. But So what are some of your tips that you have about hiring the right contractors?
1: If contractors weren't involved with flipping of houses and people are gonna instantly think, oh well I'll just go flip it myself, which I'm not saying you should do that because you might not do things correctly and end up costing you more money. But if contractors weren't involved in flipping homes, this flipping houses would be so easy. Like if they were just like they just complied and did their job right every time time. and (laughs) showed up on time. Like it would be the easiest thing in the world. I'm lucky that I have a crew but it's taken years to Weed the out right the, the bad, you know, contractors, and get to the right ones that are honest and you know show up and get the stuff done. But one with contractors, if they tell you it's going to be done in three weeks, it's going to be done in five. It's always going to be longer. It's always going to take longer um, than what they say. They might you know charge you the same amount, but it's going to take longer. So don't get overexcited about that. If you don't have a particular crew, what I would do is try to find a particular person to paint and a particular person to do some exterior work and a particular person to do, you know, just the tile in the bathrooms and everything. That will speed up the process. You know, ask for references and get multiple bids. When you don't get multiple bids, that's when someone's going to come and take you Mm -hmm. for a good amount of money. Mm -hmm. Just walk through a client's house the other day and they told me what they did for a little small master bath, like how much they spent on it, and I'm like... I could have got that done for, like, 2500 and they, you know, they spent, like, eight grand. mm mm-hmm. wow. And in their mind, they're like, okay, oh, yeah, we got a good deal. And, and they, that's fine. Like, that's fine. I know it was on their own personal house, but for, I mean, you flipping homes, every dollar counts.
0: Yeah, it's money in your pocket at the yeah. end.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, and that's, that's, that's going back to the material, and the same with the contractors. Like, we're in this to make money. You know, we're trying to put out a quality product, but you're is to make money as well. So you got to make sure these contractors, you want them to be quality, but you also want to give them a, a fair job. And the way to put it to them is, I'd love to start a relationship with you, and this is not my only house I want to flip. I want to continue to flip houses, mm-hmm. and I like, continue to give you work. So um, that's, for, for me, I, I would definitely call someone up that's done it before. You know, I'm not going to probably lend my crew out because we've got stuff to do. But I have other people that I that I know um, flip houses or you know will do contracting work, so I can I can help you with that. That's no that's no issue. Um, but you definitely need to get references and call multiple contractors mm-hmm. on on what it is. And then if you can find that one person. Um, that can do it all. That's great. But if you also find that person that is a middleman, so if a, if a guy has a crew, so you hire this one guy that has a crew, your costs on your contractors are going to be about 25% higher. Because this guy is going to pay these people, and then he's going to take a 25%, 30 40% cut. Right. Your life will be easier, and maybe you want this as straight passive income. So that's other another route as well where you can hire a company just to come in and knock it out. And if you have a lot more margin in your numbers that you've done, then that might be a, a good option. So decide on more and more what you want to be hands-on. And then finally, with contractors, I know we've all had issues with this. Everybody that's listened to this podcast and, and has hired a contractor, um, them not doing the job, but you've already paid them.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: yeah. So every, everybody's had this. So make sure, make sure that because, like I said earlier, it's going to take them longer – to get the job done than what they say. Um, very rarely do I have someone say it's going to take three weeks and it gets done in two. That happens never, ever. <laughs> and and so do not pay them on a weekly basis, okay? Mm-hmm. Pay them as a, if they want it paid all at the end, great. That's best case scenario. If they want it paid at the start and the middle and the end, that's fine too, but do not do a, like I'll pay you um, all up front or I'll pay you, you know, most of it right now and then some at the end. But like, you know, what I would do right now is be, if I was a new flipper, I would say, you know, here's 25% down on what your labor is. I would go personally and go and buy all the material because they're going to charge you extra for the material. They'll throw it at 20% on top of it. <laughs> go get your Lowe's account and everything, but pay them 25% on their labor 25 percent when they're midway through when they they've deemed that they're halfway done and you say say that it's taking them 10 days to get there and you say okay you're going to be done in another 10 days and you can feel if they're bullshitting you or right. not <laughs> yeah i had this happen the other day a guy was 12 days and he's like oh i'm more than halfway i'm like oh so you'll be done and i said i gave him a date and he's like oh no i was like so then now you're halfway done. you not halfway <laughs> yeah. done. So, he because he wanted his check. Yeah. But, you know, we gave him the halfway point check the other day, and that's 25%. But he still has 50% of his payout. He's going to push to get that done. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to push to get that done. So, you know, you can sign a contract or do whatever, but I would be very cautious on how you pay your contractor. Definitely at the start, definitely with a new relationship. Okay. Yeah.
0: And one last question when it comes to contractors, I thought of this with one of the things that you said a little bit ago. If it's a contractor that you've never used before and you're wanting to see you know, how they do with your flip home, do you ask to see previous work that they've done or do you just give them a shot? Because obviously saving money is the goal, but you don't want to just hire somebody who's going to do a crap job and then you're going to have to fix stuff again later down the road during inspections or whatever.
1: So do you ask to see, like, a portfolio of some sort of their work, the, the best or do you just go will, off of— Yeah, the best contractors will have a portfolio. Um, definitely ask for references. Hey, can you have you done other flips with people? Usually at the start of the conversation, have you ever done any flips with people? They'll name off, like, five people they've done flips for because, like, they want to, like, name drop and stuff. Yeah. And at the end say, oh, great, can I get some of those guys' numbers? hmm Call him up, hey, how'd this guy do? Did he show up on time? Did he get things done in time? Was it work good? And if he didn't do something correctly, did he go back and fix it? Right. And that's, you know, those are just big questions to have. But at the same time, and then, like, you know, if they have an address, too, that, hey, can you, like, most of these homes are listed online, mm-hmm. go up and look and see what their or their work looks like. Okay.
0: Because, yeah, you definitely want to make sure that you're getting somebody who's going to do quality, like you said, but also that you know has a good Reference list, them. people that you know. Yeah, yeah. They've Do you done make a good sure job. Are
1: licensed too? Always. Well, like, here's the thing: is in Ohio, some people aren't licensed. Yeah. There's like like roofers. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a licensed roofer okay. in Ohio. Yeah. And so there's some people that are licensed at things, and some people aren't. Right. Um. But so it just kind of depends on which contractor you know, or which which service they're providing. Yeah. But what I would say is, just like the material. Don't skim on the material to save a buck because it will come back in the long run. Like, yep. people will feel if the floor sucks or if it's yep. commercial-grade or uh, rental-grade carpet or, you know, the uh, the vanities are, you know, crap and falling apart. Like, mm-hmm. people will notice those things. And just the same way with contractors, like, don't hire the guy that is so cheap. One, he's going to be a pain to deal with. He's going to be a pain to deal with, and you're just going to end up getting, like, a crappy sloppy job. Word, a sloppy yeah. work. and yeah, I mean, and here's a, another golden rule: if you meet a contractor and he can start tomorrow, <laughs> most likely, most likely he's probably not very good. Yeah, uh, unless he just happens to be able to fit you in on something. But usually, you're gonna be a month out from starting and all that kind of stuff because any contractor that's not busy is most likely not a good contractor because they should be getting calls. Like, crazy.
0: Yeah. 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 Especially right now. I mean, on a normal basis, they're still even a couple weeks, months, whatever it is out. But now, after all of everybody being home and stuff, I've found, at least, that a lot of them are even more backed up than that because everybody wanted to do their projects when they were home with mm-hmm. the coronavirus and everything um, stuck in their house. So it might even be longer than a month, but that's a good tip. And then, lastly, after you have everything done in the home when it comes to listing the home, finding an agent, and taking the emotion out of the sale – um, let's get some tips on that. Andrea does a lot of listings, so I'm sure she has some advice as a real estate agent and listing homes and stuff. But what's your opinion on this with the emotion of it and everything so, like that?
1: I'm lucky to have you know agents surrounding me to, I ask them all the time, hey, I'm doing this flip house. What do you think the end price is? You know, They give me an unbiased opinion. They don't have their money involved and everything. So uh, it's just easier for them to say, hey, this is really what it's going to sell for. When you work on this house for two, three, four, five, six months, you're going to be very invested in it. You're going to be looking at the numbers every single day. You're going to be talking to your wife or your husband about it every single day because it kind of consumes you. And it's fun and it's fun. But when it becomes time to list and people start walking through it and offers come in and they're lower than you think. And people ask for some things on the post-inspection or kind of beat up. There's a lot of emotion and bias that comes into play. Even for myself, who have done it, dozens of times, you know, I get that contract coming in, it's a little lower, I get a little mad and I'm like, Oh, what do they, what do they know? You know, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, they, you know, come back and they ask for, you know, credits on the inspection. They ask for a bunch of different things. You know, all you're seeing is your, you know, your end profit just going out the window mm-hmm. and it gets very frustrating and it clouds your judgment. Um, so when you're listing the home, I know every, every dollar counts, But don't sacrifice, you know, don't try to save pennies when you're looking to make dollars. If you most likely a for sale by owner with one of these, you'll end up making less money because these end up being such nice homes that when you list with a realtor, they're going to give you an unbiased opinion on what it's going to sell for. They're probably going to even spruce the price up just a little bit to, you know, know because they understand the demand. They're going to be able to get the house out to as many realtors as possible, and the demand should be very quick, which should then drive the price up even further. Mm-hmm. So you're going to end up getting a better contract then. But if you handle this straight for sale by owner, the problem is is you're going to put a – as the flip goes along, it's worth more and more in your head because you've watched how much money you've poured into it, and your price is going to go higher. So then you're going to drive away consumers there a little bit. And then the inspection period is going to happen if you do get it under contract. They're going to ask for a bunch of items because it's still a flip home and most likely you didn't catch everything. And there's going to be things to be done. Then your judgment's going to be clouded there because you're just going to see money going out the window. Having a person, like I said, I'm lucky to have realtors surrounded around me. I ask all the time, like, hey, should I just go ahead and do this? Should I list it at this price? Having people around you to give you an honest opinion will end up saving you money in the long run. mm
0: mm-hmm. And you get to list your own homes um, that you work on, which is nice. So you kind of have that like double emotion side there, like the listing agent side and the person who flipped it side. Um, but Andrea, you work with a couple different investors. So mm-hmm. what do you kind of see when it comes to people who have flipped a home when it comes time to list it? Like, what are some things that you like to that's like nice about getting to market it and sell it or like things that you notice about, like Ryan said, the emotion side? And like, how do you help with that? Um for the motions, I always just kind of like Ryan said, try and give them my opinion and set their expectations from the beginning before they go through the flip process and especially once it is ready to sell. Um it's super important to market it the right way obviously. Um we always try and drive up demand in advance. Uh get people excited about the house before it's even listed so people know it's coming. Um I know you and I have actually had some fun doing that before going to Ryan's Flips and showing people the process and getting people excited about floors that are going in and uh, different touches that are being put in so people can see the hard work being put into it and not just the finished product. So then when it is listed, they've already been excited to go see what what it looks like now because they knew what it looked like before. So I think that's helped a lot and been a lot of fun for us and been a lot of fun for clients, too. Yeah, and it's almost like them getting to see a new home being built, even though it's not a new home. Yeah. If they know it's something they're going to like, it's like they're getting to see their house being yeah. built
1: almost yeah. when and you it, do that. Here's a perfect example um, why it's even, you know, our team sells 150 to 200 homes a year. We know what we're doing when it comes to price. We know everything. But it's hard when it's your own property. Yeah, I'm flipping this house in Kettering, and... I show a client midway through it being done, and I'm like, yeah, I'll sell this thing to you for 215." And he's like, "Okay, sounds good." He ended up buying another home in another city for like on like a ranch. This one was a two story, uh, which is fine. But I was going to give it to him for 215, and you know I'm not paying another realtor. So in my mind, that's like giving it to him for 221. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, "That's a good deal for me." Okay, that's a good deal. I talked to another agent that does a, does a lot of business, same company in the area. And he's like, Ryan, list that for two twenty nine nine, and it will sell in a day for over list. So I listed for two twenty nine nine, sells for two thirty five, and like, I mean, I pretty much almost cost myself mm-hmm. like lot. thirteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars, yeah, thirteen grand, just because it can work the other way. Yeah. Like right. I was. I was biased in the other direction thinking, Oh, it's just a two story, it's only eighteen fifty square feet and all that kind of stuff, but he nailed it. He called me up and he was like, Oh no, you're 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 totally missing the boat. You're totally missing the boat, man. Like I've been showing people around like you need to list at this price and and he nailed it. Mm-hmm. And so it being having an unbiased opinion saved me a ton of money.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Ton of money. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Well, there any other tips or anything that you have before we wrap this up?
1: (laughs) I mean, we could go for days about (laughs) tips going through flipping homes. The only way to really understand it is doing one yourself. If you have questions, please contact one of us. Uh, We'd love to answer them for you. And if you would like to flip a home, Please let us know and we'll start searching for you. We can work through these numbers and answer these questions along the way. Until you jump into it, you're really not going to be able to know all the answers that you'll need until you figure it out. You just learn along the way. And that's the fun part and the scary part, but it's very, very rewarding. Right,
0: definitely. Cool. Well, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for your input. And again, you guys have listened to the Ryan Gillen team podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode and have a great day. Appreciate it. Bye.